welcome back to another podcast with Talk Experiential. Uh, I'm Joey Kircher, your host. We have Taylor Justin from Chicago, Illinois. She is the market development manager for Coca-Cola in downtown Chicago. Thanks for joining. Thank you for having me, Joey. Yeah, we've we've been talking for a little bit, so I'm pretty excited to get you on here. How's weather out there? Is, is it starting to get chilly in the um, Chicagoland? <laughs> it, it is, but it's like... I don't know. I personally enjoy this type of weather. I'm an Ohio girl, so I'm used to the cold. I, I will say that there's a difference between like Chicago's cold and the rest of everywhere else that gets cold right. weather. But you know, it's not too bad. We've we've had some we're gonna have some peak spike days. So for the most part, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> right. Well good. Well good. It's always a fun place to visit. Yeah. Well Cool. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and love, it, and then we can kind of dive into some of the work you're doing with Coke. Yeah. So as you mentioned in my intro, I am a market development manager with Coca-Cola in the downtown region of Chicago. Primarily, I manage and grow some of the most affluent accounts in the city. Northwestern Hospital is one of my biggest accounts, a very reputable, well-known hospital in the state as well as the Rehabilitation Center, which is a part of the Northwestern campus, also very well known in the healthcare sector. I manage a host of business professional accounts that have their food service in well-known facilities, such as the Aon Building, Prudential, as well as NBC Tower. And then finally, I retain the business also for a host of what we deem quick service and full service restaurants in the downtown area. So the RPMs of the world, really well-known restaurant groups like Let Us Entertain You, and a host of other really fantastic restaurants in the area that I've been able to build really long-term partnerships with since managing this part of the city. Gotcha. Very cool. So it sounds like, you know, you've, you work with, we were talking a little bit earlier before regarding kind of an on-premise focus for Coke. And I assume it's multiple brands for Coca-Cola? Definitely. So it's always interesting to have the conversation about what falls under the Coke umbrella because people still think that we just sell classic Coke. Coke. Right. <laughs> that's that's it. Logo. There's nothing else, nothing else that I'm, I'm pushing out here. But no, we there's a host of brands that people know and love and you know, might be surprised about that falls under the Coke umbrella. So some of my favorites are Smart Water, that's under the Coke family. The Minute Made line of juices is under Coca-Cola. Honest Tea is a Coca-Cola brand. Mm -hmm. I remember I, I met a guy who um, seems like he was very anti-corporation. And I told him that we, <laughs> we have Honest Tea under our portfolio. And he like, it seemed like everything just like left his body. Like he was just so unhappy. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, it's, it's kind of one of those things, but what's great about these brands and the business that Coke has is that they're, they're a beverage company and that's all that they do. And so the beauty of the brands is that they don't fall into one another. Like most people don't realize that all of these different brands, many of them being their favorites fall into the Coke umbrella because they act separately. Internally, we have different ways of looking at it, but even we have different teams that operate some of our, our well-known brands differently because 
they target different consumers. And because of that, they're all not going to be treated the same. So that's what's pretty cool about having all those those brands that I'm able to sell is that even though they're all under one family, I get to sell them all, that they still manage to reach people differently as well. Right. Gotcha. Very cool. You know, and I know that, yeah, these, these big companies, Coke, Pepsi, it's, you know, a lot of different brands under one and, you know, they're almost M&A shops right. when, when you really look at it from a big picture. So you focus on certain hospitals and hotels and things like that? Yes. Awesome. And from that side, you you were talking about immediate consumption type of product. You know, this is obviously a form of marketing and obviously a channel. We were talking about this earlier. This is a form uh, a channel of, you know, that Coke sees very valuable to continue through, you know, at these locations. Well, let's talk a little bit about you know, kind of what what your goals and strategies are, you know, going and um, offering, you know, your Coke product, whether it's through merchandising or through activations. Yeah. So with these accounts, one of the, the things that I really try to focus on is, you know, who's consuming these beverages. So immediate consumption is essentially like a single serving of something. So when you think about your fountain machines or if you go to, you know, your favorite restaurant, you're most likely just getting one or perhaps two of a single beverage. So it's just for you to have right at that moment and probably not going to share versus if you are other channels being large and small store, which are mostly related to convenience and grocery stores. So with this immediate consumption channel, what I strategically like to do within my accounts is to really figure out what the market is moving towards. And the trend, especially on the beverage side, is all about innovation. The market is very competitive for beverages. Companies like Coca-Cola, as well as the competition, were major players in the game, but there's a lot of smaller brands that are coming in and finding and seizing opportunity as well. I think with this channel in particular, and just with big brands in general, people are starting to not necessarily get tired, but they do want a little bit more excitement. And a lot of that comes from some of these smaller brands who thought about the market that wasn't being tapped into, whether that be through the way they market the products, how the bottle looks, through packaging and things like that. And they're able to capture that audience. So for me, it's really about trying to you know, make sure that our brands can hold their own against that and figure out how to keep our space within these accounts and again, continue to grow the brand. Probably the best example of what I just kind of laid out is this whole sparkling water war that Mm -hmm. I feel like everyone is doing right now. Under the Coke family, we have Smartwater and Smartwater has a sparkling but we also have Dasani. Dasani has a line of sparkling waters that recently came into the market, maybe this time last year, or it's been about two years. I feel like that was a product that was very late to the market, especially for such a big company like Coke and even the competition, because, you know, LaCroix, LaCroix had been in the market for some time and completely swept the competition and a big name like, you know, Coca-Cola. And one of the things that I have to really strategically do is 
leverage that name of Coca-Cola, leverage the name of Dasani to try to push that product in against a brand like LaCroix, who's really been holding it down in the sparkling water category for so long. So it's really, for me, figuring out how to drive that innovation and being proactive in determining what the trend is. So there's a couple that are out there. It's it's so competitive right now, but you know, a big name, a heritage name does carry its weight. But sometimes if something's been around as well and people get used to a certain taste, even if it's a heritage brand, sometimes it can be a little bit harder to push that in. So Right. Got it. So through this channel, this immediate consumption channel, you're you're mentioning a little bit about driving innovation. What kind of things are you doing, I guess, on a merchandising level? Is it you know, product placement? Is it being able to educate consumers? Because obviously this day and age, you know, consumers are smarter and they, you know, they understand what they want. They know what's in it. I mean, what are the, right. some of the ideas or, or ways that you are um, kind of pushing that innovation to get them to do that immediate consumption? If you are an agency or brand that has human engagement at your live events, please check out Airfresh Marketing's Certified Vendor Partnership Program's new platform that is helping clients win more business helping them put on higher quality events and spend a lot less time training and interacting with staff. Please go to www.airfreshmarketing.com backslash partnerships. Definitely. So generally what I like to do, especially if it's a really good partner that's just kind of willing to bring in any and everything, is to see how I can leverage the brand in a way for their shoppers or their consumers to get a taste of it. And so we will do or I'll do I'll host like sampling events during peak consumption hours, which mostly is lunch for a lot of these places. And so generally it'll be maybe like an hour and a half, two hours sampling, just showcasing off the newest products. And again, really focusing on the beverage category that's really important for our business and then being proactive. For example, it might be something like energy. And so we'll have you know, a, a two-hour showcase of our monster energy line and really focus on, depending on the account, for example, if it's the hospital, then focusing on the, the zero sugar, zero carb line of the product so that we're kind of addressing a, a two-in-one there. We're showing that, hey, this is an energy product. It's going to provide, you know, this alertness, these type of vitamins, but also showcasing that we understand that this is a healthcare facility. So, you know, this won't have as much sugar as what you might assume has in an energy beverage, or it won't have as much carbs in it. So really focusing on the channel and making sure that I host events that are going to make sense for that audience. So that's a part of it. And then secondly, like you said, merchandising. So getting the products, especially if it's new, right in the customer's face. And so one of the the biggest products that I do this with is with smart water, um, excuse me, or just our water category in general, because I think out of any craving that a person might have, water is a necessity, <laughs> especially a water that they that they really like. And so it's a matter of having this water right in their face. So placing it strategically at eye level, one of the things that we do with smart water a lot too is to make sure that it's ambient because there is a trend with 
having room temperature water versus a water that's been chilled. Mm. You know, some people's bodies are sensitive. I think there's some studies that are related to that. And so we try to have as much ambient water on the floor as well and place it by stations. If we were like in a, one of our food service accounts, placing it strategically by stations so that people can have the idea of pairing it with a meal or that they grab it upon the consumption of grabbing their food. So we always want to make sure that when we're marketing the products that we have it go with food. That's always been a big initiative for Coke. Just speaking to the brand itself, I'm not sure how it is with other brands, but we've always been a brand to pair our beverage with food. Mm -hmm. Um, You can see it in one of the recent commercials that I, I see a lot is people are enjoying Coke or Coke Zero, Diet Coke, or something like that with different types of cultural foods. So whether it's with barbecue, whether it's with tacos, whether it's with soul food, we always pair our beverages with food. So again, relaying that same message into a retail space by pairing the products by food stations in ambient places so it immediately catches the person's eye so that they're like, wow, I'm grabbing this cheeseburger. Of course, I got to have a classic Coke to go with it. And then lastly, having it as an impulse purchase as well and placing it in stations next to like gum, chips, kind of grab and go areas like that. So again, kind of focusing back on like entry points, buy food stations, and then of course by the checkout. Yeah, very cool. No, that's that's interesting. It's so crazy how water has just it, it's just water, right? It's right. but but there's <laughs> but there's so many ideas around it. Like um, I just started drinking sparkling water probably two years ago, and I started out okay. with a different brands. LaCroix started out. Now I have, I actually have like two on my desk. I really, at the moment, it's, I like this. Oh, uh, Perrier. Pier, yeah, I have this Perrier, and then I have the spring water. But like, okay. <laughs> but, but when you think about it, though, it's like, well, you know, for me, instead of having some type of sugar, it's like, I want to have something that I still get the same effects of drinking a soda. Um, definitely. definitely. It's the carbonation. Yeah. It's the carbonation. Yeah. Cause I have the same, I have the same craving. It's like, I really want like something. I'm not a sweet person. Um, and I've never been like a heavy pop drinker. Like my, my go-to if I'm going to have a pop is like Sprite yeah. because it's very light. But if I'm just like craving and I'm like, man, I really want something. I will go for a sparkling water and get like a flavored one. And it's just like, <laughs> it's weird how that, I think it's more of a psychological thing. Yeah. But it's just, it's just, it's really good. I'm like, the satisfaction is there. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. People don't realize marketing. It, there's so many different avenues with marketing. I mean, even just marketing water, like what we're talking about. It's uh you know, it's marketing it to the right consumer. I mean, and everyone's different. And, you know, people get drinking a certain water gets a certain emotion that they get attached to it, you know. Right. And it's and especially with Coca-Cola. It's it's definitely, you know, one of the biggest soda companies in the world. I wouldn't say sorry, soda. Like, would you consider it drink drink companies in the world? But so I guess let me veer for a second. I know that you work at like hospitals and hotels and different locations. Do you have to change your approach depending on what type of uh, on-premise it is? Definitely, because the product can be used in different ways. So immediate consumption at, you know, a fine dining restaurant in 
downtown Chicago is going to definitely be different than me selling it into the hospital. And so the approach generally with that is, is aesthetic and it's generally less of a product less product options. So kind of touching on aesthetics, and this relates to hotels as well. Hotels are like very competitive when it comes to like food and beverage. And I think mostly it's because of how the hotels are changing in terms of their operation. So I manage, I don't know, I might have like 15 hotels that fall under my management alone. And all of them are different in terms of their operations. Some may not have in-room dining or a mini bar, some do. Some have gift shops. Some don't. Some have restaurants and lobbies where you can hang out in all day and have like grab and go sections. And then some just have like cute rooftop bars that people go to after five o'clock. And so the whole approach is different. And what it comes down to, I feel like, especially within those channels and the restaurant channels is that it's an aesthetic thing. So they want to know, is this going to look cute <laughs> on a table right. when someone is having, you know, a big banquet wedding or some type of award ceremony? Is this going to make a lot of noise? So I think what's interesting with the, the co-company and the products that they have is that they've kind of considered those things. So there's, you know, certain packages that we have that are in the classic glass Coke bottle, which are very nostalgic, um, they're smaller in portion size as well. And so that business or that product in general for the business does very well. And most of it is sold at, again, the, the fine dining restaurants and the, the hotels and the lodging accounts because aesthetically it's more pleasing and it's smaller. So probably on an operational end for them, you know, it might be a little bit more profitable as well. But just from... You know, if you can imagine, you know, a waiter or waitress coming over and them sitting that on the table at like a five star Michelin rated restaurant, that's much more appropriate than them sitting down a 20 ounce plastic bottle. Right. Um, right. So that has that has a lot to do with it as well. But packaging plays a huge part in that conversation, too. Because with the the water category, we talked about it earlier, my water does very well in my hospitals and my business professional offices because you think about the grabbing, the going, it's in plastic, they can drop it, it's not going to bust or burst or anything. But in my hotels or my restaurants, it's harder to get a plastic bottle on a white linen table because it doesn't look as chic. But for them to sit a glass bottle on the table that maybe the competition is able to provide, that looks a lot nicer. So I feel like that's the biggest that's the biggest hurdle um, and the biggest challenge between those differentiated accounts is that at from from my experience, it really comes down to the aesthetics of the packaging and the presentation and how you're going to be able to offer that to the to the end consumer is what it mostly comes down to. Right. Right. No, that makes complete sense regarding the packaging. And really, like, if you think about it, too, the brand is the packaging. And, and you know, it's, it's not really what's in the product because water is water. Uh, I mean, there's obviously different tastes and things like that, uh, different things you can do to it. But um, but it is amazing, um, you know, you know, that there is a marketing strategy for it. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Because I can't, it wouldn't make any sense 
for me and like vice versa. It won't make any sense for me to sell like eight ounce glass bottles to customers at a hospital. That's not their consumer. And that's not, that's not the package that they would want. Not even 12 ounce. It's like they're the perfect customers for 20 ounce just because you think about the time spent at a hospital. So they're probably consuming beverages a lot quicker than the average person because they are sitting in a place all day. The beverages are probably a little bit more, or excuse me, we call it sparkling. So more sparkling versus still, which would be like water and juices and stuff because, you know, they're just more attentive in the space um, and they're trying to stay alert, you know, maybe within the ER or for whatever type of activity has brought them there. So the consumption is different amongst all those channels. And so adjusting to it when I first started was very interesting because I'm like, you know this brand. I'm sure you buy this brand for your home. I know that you drink Dasani plastic bottles right. <laughs> at home or barbecue. Bring them into your restaurant. And it's like, no, after learning and really getting to know the customer and understanding their end consumer, it's like at the end of the day, that doesn't match with their aesthetic overall. So they wouldn't be obliged to bring it in because they're like, I can't really move it. It wouldn't, it wouldn't look right being here, no right. matter how how much it costs in their favor or not right absolutely no this is exciting this is great stuff it's interesting just how marketing there's so many different channels and different ways to get to your consumer and and how you can do things so i I really appreciate you jumping on here and hopefully we can uh do a follow-up at some point uh down the road yeah i would love that that'd be awesome yeah and hopefully we can meet up at some point too i'll hopefully be in chicago at some point (laughs) yeah yeah that would be dope (laughs) awesome well thanks so much for joining the podcast thank you joey appreciate it no problem if you like what we're doing with talk experiential podcasts please make sure you five star it and review it also please share it on facebook and twitter or any other social media outlets please tell your friends who you think that will get value out of our podcast Your support will help continue the success of Talk Experiential.